Hi, this is Patrick Ian Moore, the Editor-in-Chief of Edibles Magazine, and I'm here today at the Cosmic Edibles Kitchen with Kevin Harris. Hello, Kevin. Hello. How are you today? That's fine. Thanks so much for having us. You're welcome. Uh, now, you have a very, very interesting story, super interesting background that we want to share with everyone. Uh, first off, you were heavily involved with the popular TV show, The Apprentice. I was, yes. Can you just tell yes. us tell us the story of how you came to be on and with The Apprentice? And Yeah, well, I, I was in the television business already. I started in the film business um, in, in production. And, uh, and somewhere along the line in my career, I met Mark Burnett, who um, was doing Survivor at the time. And I started doing uh, a show called Eco Challenge with him, um, which goes all around the world. It's kind of a, um, it's a multi-event, you know, sporting, Show, you know, mm -hmm. just crazy over the top, you know, sports show where they where they kayak and, and mountain bike and run and, and hike and everything. You look up, you look my island, and um, and so then at some point after doing two of those shows, Mark said, "Hey, I'm I'm putting together kind of this Survivor in the City with Donald Trump. You know, do you want to come out to New York and and you know and, and help me put it together?" And I'm like, "Okay." So I went out to New York and met Donald and. Kind of you know formulated with the showrunner from from Survivor, and uh, we basically you know figured out what the show was, built the whole thing with Donald, came up with the challenges, and and uh, and then launched it. And initially we did kind of structure it as Survivor in the City, right. um, but then we quickly learned that it wasn't that. It was quite a different you know beast in itself. Um, and initially the whole fire thing, you know, we didn't even have it you know part of the. The creative that kind of came naturally as we did the first boardroom right. with him. And what was your official title? I was co-executive producer. Oh wow! So you worked very closely with Don. Donald yeah, Trump. I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I we, we got to a point where after about halfway through the first season, um, we determined that um, just one single person needed to produce him because he tended to use other people within the crew to um, get what he wanted. When, when it was different than something that we needed or wanted. So um, so I would just 100% exclusively manage him and produce him um, almost the entire, you know, from picking him up at his apartment to bring him to set to going over what he was going to, um, you know, talk about during that scene that we needed, you know, who did what on the challenges, you know, mm -hmm. what, the, what the status was, where we were. Um, so, so I shadowed him almost the entire time. And how many years did that go on? I did six seasons, uh -huh. so that's three three years pushing four um, as the you know the front line guy, and then I backed off of it at that point. Um, mm -hmm. Just my contract was up with with Burnett's production company, and, and it's quite a bit more behind the story. But um, yeah, I did the first six seasons as as um, you know as the front line um, producer on the show. And what what was the first year? We I first met with Donald in '99. Oh wow! And then we shot it in 2000, and I think it aired in 2001 or 2002, somewhere in that range is where we launched, um, and that's when it just blew up. I mean, the, the first season, mm -hmm. um, still like our finale, I think had 40 something million people, which is astronomical for television, oh, wow. especially this day and age. I mean, 10 million is a lot right now, so 40 million is like crazy. We went back and rewatched uh, a little of the first season. Oh yeah, prepping with Omarosa yeah. and Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam, you like Sam? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, was, he was an entertaining guy, and he was featured in a documentary about Donald Trump. Oh, he was recently. He, he was, was doing like the push-ups with the uh, the 
the plant the plant base that he dropped right. in. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't last long, so he told me afterwards after he got bumped off, he knew he was gonna go soon. So he started just making it memorable. Like oh. that was his whole thing. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna make this the best. I know I'm going soon, so I'm gonna start having fun with this, you know, because I want people to remember me. <laughs> so you yeah. had an awareness of where some of the contestants felt like they were taking their characters? Yeah, in a way. I mean, you, you, it's, I mean, they're not taking them as much as we are. Um, right. But yeah, it, it, you kind of cast. Not you don't. We never casted like characters. We casted just basically a personality. You know, um, people mm -hmm. who we felt would wear it on their sleeve and would 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 um, you know the, their their emotion in the moment would actually you know come out. And that's why they, we tried to do a casting episode once, and it just did not work. Because it's a lot of the techniques to figure out whether somebody's gonna what we call lay on the sword, or whether somebody's actually gonna fight, um, you know, you don't. It's it's not quite so you know straightforward. So when we were asking them questions in casting, they were kind of unorthodox. So the the, the whole thing didn't look great um, because you know to try to find somebody who's um, who's gonna like basically fight for their 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 emotions and their needs, um, you know, naturally. Um, plus, as an A personality, you know, if you put a bunch of B's in, everybody's just gonna, you know, fold and say, right. "Fine, do it your way, no problem." So, was that the same basic method in choosing which celebrities were gonna be on? How did how did the celebrities get picked that did Celebrity Apprentice? Well, they were just casting people who did it, and, and basically, it was just a matter of trying to find people who would do it, you know, okay. more than um, you know the other way. But I, I wasn't frontline involved in that one, so I wasn't hundred percent involved in the casting and stuff like that. And you, you said you worked on the Martha Stewart did, one yeah, as well? Yeah. How different was that than the Donald Trump? Uh, well, structurally it was exactly the same. Outside of, we kind of made it, instead of business chops, we kind of made it creative chops in a sense. Mm -hmm. So the people that we cast into it had a little bit more creative sense to them. You know, chefs and, and, and artists and stuff like that, whereas, you know, the Donald's contestants were real estate people, bankers, right. you know, this kind of thing. So um, outside of that, and, and the fact that, you know, Martha kind of wanted to be a little bit softer, um, you know, instead of the boardroom, we were calling it the conference room, um, you know, just little, little, little things. Um, and they're pretty different people. personality types. Yeah, yeah. Where Donald, Donald is Donald is Donald. That's always what I've said. The cameras turn on, it's the same guy. Right. Cameras turn off. It's the same guy. It, he never really had this, you know, switch for television. Mm -hmm. Where Martha did, so Martha would say and do things off camera that that um, were golden nuggets for us. But yet, the minute we turn on the camera, Martha, you know, turned into you know Martha Stewart. Hi. Right. Yeah. Every time. So it's a little more challenge to produce her actually than it was Donald. Was there a point during The Apprentice that you had a good idea that Donald Trump wanted to be president? No, I don't think he, I mean, I, I think he wanted the power, but I don't think he wanted the job. Right. Is my opinion. Um, he never talked about it much. I mean, there was always jokes about, you know, running for president and whatnot, but I don't think it was, um, you know, I, I think he kind of played with it early on a few times, and, and but it was mostly for the promotion is my guess. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this one might have started that way. Right. I think it might have started as like, a promotable thing to do because yeah. he's pretty good at that stuff. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's, you know. And you said when you attended his wedding, the Clintons. They were, were there, yeah. I met the Clintons at his wedding in Florida, which was funny, you know. That's his wedding to Melania? Melania, yeah, his current wife. Yeah. And where was it? 
at Mar-a-Lago in Florida, his, his place there. Had you? How many times have you been to Mar-a-Lago? Just twice. We okay. filmed there once and then the wedding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just did, couldn't get down there as much as we wanted because moving a crew and, you know, and all the contestants and the planes and it just, you know, got a little more expensive. We didn't go off it just because the price would cost. And then, so at what point between The Apprentice and you getting into the cannabis edibles business? How was it? You mean how long? Yeah, and what, I mean, The Apprentice ended, your time on The Apprentice ended when? Um, like 2006. Oh, okay. Roughly. I mean, front line, line producing, mm -hmm. yeah. I, 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 I think I came off the front line right about that time, five or six. And how did you get into doing cannabis cookies? Well, um, it's basically my mother, in a sense, because I was still out producing shows after The Apprentice. Um, and my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I kind of, at the time, understood the, the benefit of cannabis. And when a loved one's going through chemotherapy and, 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 and all the, you know, down, you know, all the crap that you have to deal with with that, yeah. um, you kind of almost think of anything. And I wasn't a big consumer at the time, mm -hmm. but I just knew that there were benefits to it. So I just said, you know, mom, you should try some, you know, cannabis, I can get you an edible that you can eat and, you know, see if it helps. And um, so I, I bought her some gummies just at a, you know, I got my medical card and went down and bought her some gummies. Right. And, um, and she loved them. So I, that's when I kind of was like, all right, well, let me see what I can do to make these better. And, and a friend of mine said, well, your cookies are pretty good. Why don't you do something with that and with her, you know, make some cookies for her because she likes those. So you already were making cookies? I was, yeah. I've, I mean, I've been baking the chocolate chip cookie since I was probably, you know, eight or nine, a long, long time. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's my grandma's recipe, and I just took it at some point and, and became the family, you know, cookie maker. Um, and, I, and the first time I made her recipe, I actually screwed it up. But but it was better. Like, everybody loved them better than, than grandma's original recipe. Oh, wow. I just I messed up some of the, um, you know, the ingredients that I used. Um, so then I just kept with mine, because everybody loved it, and I made that cookie for 40 years, the same one, and it's just over and over and over again. Um, so whenever we had a family thing, everybody would be like, you know, is Kevin making cookies? And even when I was 12, I'm making cookies for the family thing. That's cool. Yeah, so that, so then I decided, you know what, let me, let me try to figure out how to put the cannabis into these cookies. Um, and it was a, it was a quite an ordeal. I mean, the first few that I was sending to my mom were probably not the best, but it had the, you know, cannabis in it to, to help her. Um, what, so, what method of infusion were you using to begin with? Well, I mean, I started Bone Basics, like right to the, you know, literally I was not a massive consumer, so I went to some of my friends who, who consumed a lot more than me and asked them, how do I do it? And they said, well, get a crock pot and get some flour and throw it in there with some butter and let it percolate and then filter it out and throw that butter in. Yeah. And that's kind of how I started doing it. So you don't know how much is going in, you don't know, there's lots of things. And it, the flavor of it, you know, destroyed the cookies. They tasted like, you know, like, you know eating grass. Um, you know, the, 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 the consistency of them changed, the, the, the everything. And so I set out to say, all right, I gotta get, you know, by, by keeping this in, the cannabis in the cookies, I have to find a way to make these a lot better. And slowly but surely, I, you know, I whittled away at it. And I started doing little tricks and, and, the, and, and removal of the THC out of the flour, boiling it first, you know, taking out a lot of the chlorophylls, you know, lots of things. I tried everything until I finally got to the, the oil. And it was that about that time that people were starting to make really 
you know, half decent distillate. Mm -hmm. And so somebody introduced me to it and said, you should try this. And I'm like, well, I mean, this, this stuff is like, like, a, like even a thicker sap. How the hell am I going to get this into the damn cookies, right? right? You know, it just doesn't dump out. So I had to figure that out. And I just, you know, I self-taught myself on how to like get through that whole process and, and marry it to the butter and, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole thing. And then that really changed the dynamic of the cookie. It, it corrected all the problems I was having. And you were able to use much less of it, sure. um, and so it, it, you you could continue the, the 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 quality of the cookie without like compromising that because of the discipline was you know was less invasive. Let's, let's put it that way. And they you they helped with your yeah, mom. Yeah, she loved them, and, and she still to this day uses them. You know, um, so you mostly using... with the CBD now. Oh, okay. Because I put, I do I, I just for her I got CBD, and I mean I, we do have them, but we just don't sell mm -hmm. them much. A CBD cookie, um, so I put 25 milligrams because she she played with the with the milligrams for a long time and figured out 50 was her golden spot. Yeah. So two of these little cookies a day, um, and she loves it, and, and, and it replaces her narco, you know, in a sense. Sometimes she still needs the narco because the pain's just right. It's is intense, um, but she says about half the time she reaches for the cookies now. How is she now? Fine. Yeah, she got through it. She fought it and, and beat it, and um, had some other medical problems in That's that time. So it was a big, it was a, it was a touch and go time, you know. Mm -hmm. She was battling breast cancer and then a couple of days later had a stroke. Um, so that sidelined her and then she had to put off the, the, all the treatment on the, can, on, the, on the cancer because, the, you know, the stroke trumped that. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> and so, yeah, but she got through it all. And, and she got back probably 98% of all of her function and everything. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. She was treated really great in the hospital. So, uh, you developed the cookie for your mom yep. and then what led to it being taken into the actual cannabis space so. well she was like afterwards saying you know you should do this for more people than just me and so um, um, I, I thought about that quite a, quite hard and and you know the apprentice like you it's it's a weird thing in a, in a brain of somebody creative who feels like they're influencing viewers in a way um, mm -hmm. and when you create a character that you're doing the best job you can presenting somebody as the best for the program because that's always your goal you know it's the show first so no matter what it is that you that you want to do creatively to, to make it the best you can you do that so you you, you your, your host can't look bad because if they do then the audience starts second guessing you know so no matter what, Trump had to be like like on fire constantly at the top of his game, the best you could be. So when he fired somebody, you believed it, you know. You're like, right. yeah, you know. If Trump says it's, it is, you know. So that was a a big thing for me because afterwards, when I realized how many people actually you know bought that, um, it would you know it had an effect on me for sure in in my um, in my train of thought of where I wanted to go myself uh -huh. with life. So this kind of opportunity just was there, and I said to myself, you know, maybe I'm going to take a swing at this. And then I got involved with a with a, um, a UCLA study on using can cannabinoids. Goitoids. I always I'm, I'm really bad at this stuff. She's laughing at me. Uh, instead of like, you know, uh, 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 you know, painkillers. Um, right. Uh, uh, and and um, the study was based on. Because it had to be privately funded, it couldn't be federally funded. So, so there was a lot of companies who were, you know, presenting 
donations in order to try to help that. So I kind of got involved in that, and that then oh, cool. made me think like maybe I can do this in a position where I feel like I can get a, something out to, to market that you know people can get the best out of. And that's kind of what started it. But then you kind of get into the whole business thing, and you know I have I have I have an economics degree, oddly enough. Um, oh, interesting. So this that side of the business stuff was was relatively easy for me. But it kind of like you have to think of that first, even if you're doing it for a, a, a good purpose, because mm-hmm. honestly, you know, you could do something for the best purpose purpose possible, yet have really bad business chops and fail, um, because you still got to be able to you know cover your costs. Right. And, and pay for it all and market it and, and you know and especially in this business with the amount of taxes and, and fees and permits and, and stuff that you have to do if you don't if you're not on top of that it'll 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 nip you and you're you know you're gonna be done before you even started now when you launched was it already recreational in California uh, it was just going I believe okay. right beforehand so um, nobody was really issuing at that time. So we um, we searched for almost a year to try to find a location uh, because that turned to be like it, it it seemed to be almost the key to you know entry definitely because you know most of the spaces that were available in the small you know little tiny eeny weeny pockets of places that were legal um, the buildings just were in horrible horrible condition and, and and the amount of money it would cost to get them up to you know running and 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 um, and inspectable. Was, was massive, so I searched for a long, long time, um, and almost felt like I almost gave up. Yeah. Um, until until this space came along. And this I, is a great space. And then I just you know got lucky and and, um, and you know got along with the owner and had a good business model and, and really had you know prepped and done my homework and where we were going. So um, so you know the landlord believed in it and uh, and we got the building. So. Now, in addition to the degree in economics, do you feel like your time working with Donald Trump and producing The Apprentice taught you more or new things about business that you've been able I to use? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I learned a lot from him. He's very shrewd. I mean, I've learned some things not to do and some things to do. Um, <laughs> sure. Because he, you know, he, he's the iron fist kind of like business guy, you know, he throws his fist, you know. I mean, times I've heard him do that is crazy. Um, but I did learn, like, leverage and um and understanding if you know information is power the more if whoever you're you know negotiating with if you if if you know what you're talking about it's a it's a you know it's a much better um you you have a much better chance of of succeeding like for example one of the first seasons we were trying to negotiate a hotel deal for all of our crew in new york city the hotels are like astronomical so trying to find a hotel that we can afford for you know 400 people um, that's a huge budget line. So we try to get that down so we could put more money on the screen um, was a challenge. And we were negotiating with this hotel. And um, he said to me, where, where, where's all the crew going to stay? And I said, if we're, we're talking to this hotel, right, you know, not far from here. Um, I'll leave the hotel name uh, aside. But, but I said, here's what we're trying to get into. And he said, right now, hotel rooms are way down in the city. So what I suggest you do is insult them on how much you're willing to give them. Just insult them. And I said, really? And he's like, absolutely. See what happens. And I'm like, okay. So I went back to them and I don't remember. They were asking like at the time, 179 a night or something, you know, and, and their book rate was, you know, three to 400. So they, you know, came down because we, we were, we had a lot of room nights, you know, 
with 400 crew members for 30 days. That's a lot of nights to, to, that they want to get off their plate in the hotel rooms. Mm -hmm. So I went in and said, all right, we'll, you know, we'll give you like 95 bucks or something. Um, just going with that exact philosophy. And they were insulted and they said, no way, we can't do it. It's just never going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And they walked. And I'm like, oh God, that didn't work, you know? This is a mess, you know? Well, now what are we going to do? So we're searching for other hotel rooms and it wasn't like, it didn't take them out of two days, a day and a half to call us back and say, all right, how about if we do like 125 and you guarantee us and pay us half a, half a front? And I'm like, holy shit, it worked. <laughs> like, because we were getting ready to do the 179. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just silly things like that. So, you know, I did learn quite a bit from him um, business-wise. Yeah. You know, and he treats his, his, his staff. Um, I mean, there's some staff members that worked for him for 30 years. And you just you can't keep people for thirty years unless you treat them well. Right. It's, just, it's not going to happen. So um, yeah, there was a lot of there's a lot of he does have a lot of positive business traits um, that you know worked well for him at the Trump organization. You know, and, and you know, it, it, despite some failures, it still did pretty well. I mean, you know, relatively successful. So. And did you learn anything from Marcus Stewart that you've used in your edibles business? No, I wish I, you know, I, yeah, clearly I wish I could have um, had her, you know, try my cookies. Um, yeah. But no, it wasn't even, it, was, it wasn't even a blip on the radar at that point. Okay. Um, and Martha was a much more challenging person to, to, to learn from. Because mm -hmm. she's much more, um, you know, I don't know, um, not reserved, but like hard to, hard to crack in a sense. And that was my forte, was cracking. Um, you know, hosts, celebrities. And this was, she was out of prison? Yeah, she had, the, she had the anklet on. Oh, so right. She, she could work outside of her, her home for 40 hours a week at that time. And we were using all 40 hours, basically. People do get a little more guarded after they've done time. That's not unusual. <laughs> That's normal? <laughs> I think so. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but... So, that kind of brings us back to... Now, the cookies have been... They're vegan. Yeah, yeah, and that part of the process of doing that was to make them better for my mom. Mm -hmm. So in that whole process of the year prior to launching, I um, I just I, I literally made a list of all the ingredients and said what 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 do I need to remove to make these dosable every single day? Because I know my mom's going to want to eat them every single day. Right. So that's when I decided to go down to bite size, but still keep the doses in there. Uh -huh. So this way you can eat them every single day without, you know, a cookie this big after, you know, a month. Right. A cookie every day. I mean, you, you know, that's 30 cookies in, you know, 30 days. It's, it's a little nuts. So yeah. that, that was part of the reason I went down in size. And then, um, and then, um, I don't remember the question anymore. Going vegan. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I made the list of all the ingredients and said, what can I remove? Um, and I said, I, you know, take the sugar, I want to cut it in half right away. I know you still need sugar to have this, to maintain these, these, um, you know, the, the, what I was going for, which was a fresh baked traditional flavor cookie. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, you know, a lot of the, the substitute sugars and stuff you can use. And yeah, they work just fine, but it didn't meet what I was going for, which is this traditional. So I knew I still had to have sugar. So I just bought the best I could, you know, buy organic straight up cane sugar that's not a lot of processing to, mm -hmm. which which does help. They don't bleach it. You know, there's a lot of things about just straight up cane sugar. Um, but I, but I tried to replace it. It just didn't work. Um, so um, so the eggs and the and, and the butter just seemed like a very natural thing to remove. Plus, right. um, you know, in working in the same time, I was also working on on preservation because I knew that you know 
if I stacked her with a hundred cookies, you know, but in, in a few days, they, they would get stale and, and you know, and fresh cookies only last for a short period of time. Right. So, um, so that was another reason to start removing those things and I got to a point where I looked at the ingredients and said, oh wow, this is all plant-based, you know, everything in this. And, and as long as I was using, you know, vegan ingredients going in, it's a vegan, you know, cookie going out. Sure. Um, so that's kind of how I got into it. Um, and, you know, I'm not a big meat eater myself, so it was kind of an accomplishment to get to a cookie that still tasted like a fresh bakery cookie that is fully vegan. Sure. And that's part of, we do have an issue because, you know, we made these cookies for everybody. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people who think that vegan means that it's not going to be as good. Right. And so that part has been challenging for us um, to try to convince people that, you know, vegan is just a, a term to, to say that these cookies are, you know, more healthy, but I do, you know, do I use the more healthy term? Not necessarily because they're still cookies, but they're, they're, they're definitely better, you know, than a traditional baked cookie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's how I, that's how they became vegan. Yeah. And then it helped with the shelf stability. Yes. Yeah. That, by moving the things that went bad. Um, you know, we were able to, to stretch it out for months, um, and uh, and then I started using a, um, some some different ingredients, some syrups and stuff that kind of helped with the moisture. Okay. Um, like we're using a um, uh, a rice syrup right now. Oh right. It works really well with keeping the moisture in the cookie. Um, yeah. And it's not, I mean, it's not a secret because we do put it on the, the packaging, but it, you know, obviously how much we put it and how we do it is, is our own little formulation of it. And you guys were able to develop a way where you know every single cookie is dosed. Yeah, yeah. It took us a long time. We 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 hit some you know misdosings um, in our entry you know early levels. Yeah, it happens. Um, yeah, quite a bit. And I actually ended up working with a food scientist to try to correct it. Oh, excellent. Because the the price of of those guys, you know, even though you have to pay a few thousand, it's so much. Well, I mean. If, if you're putting four cookies into the lab at $800 a test, that's $3,200 right there. And, you know, and, 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 and a good food scientist is 3000 So you've already, I mean, if you fail one test, you're, you just paid for the food scientist. So he came in and helped us, um, you know, basically take our recipes and, and, um, and formulate them in a way that then we could control the measurements a lot better. And then, you know, it's just a manual game, you know, we weigh every cookie, so every single cookie coming out of here is, is spot on um, what our weight is, and then we just, it's a calculation, we just back into it. So as long as we know at the top end, and yeah. there was a whole thing, this is, this is part of it that, that lost me to begin with, to have the food scientists come in, because there's like, water, there's like, there's a water loss you get by baking the cookie, so your dough is heavier than the final cookie in the exact same pieces. Sure. So in order to dose the final cookie correctly, you have to calculate that water loss. So you have uh -huh. to make the cookies, calculate the water loss, and then go all the way back to the top where you're putting the, the distillate in it to, to have the right amount to be put in there. Plus, when you have chocolate chips that aren't dosed, you have to be careful to make sure you get so many chocolate chips in each cookie because then the dough, you know, one more chocolate chip messes with it. Right. So you have to be really careful of that, and, and um, you know there's a lot of steps you have to take in the, in the the actual making of the cookie to ensure that you're hitting your potencies. Um, and we spend a lot of time there. That's definitely our bottleneck. Um, not you know the, the oven's not even our bottleneck. It's 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 the the, the creation of the dough ball. So it is it a uniform number of chips in each? Yeah. One? Yeah. Yeah. They're roughly. Um, I mean. You do have a little bit of a variant, you know, we do have the 10%, so, um, you know, usually every cookie has nine to 10 chips in it. Oh, nice. Yeah, so the niners will get, you know, in, into the higher tens, the, the tenors will, 
you know, be in the nine sixes, nine sevens. And those are each one's ten milligrams of THC. Correct. Yeah. And you get ten per package. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We sell singles and then a, a, a ten pack. And the packaging. Let's go ahead and talk about the aesthetic a little bit. Yeah. It's cosmic edibles. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you come up with that? Well, originally we were um, we were rocket edibles because obviously the rock, you know, our little rocket, which is you know, uh -huh. a guy, um, which you know is. It didn't have a window to begin with. It's quite funny, um, and we put a window in it to 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 show that it's actually a, um you know it's not for cargo. It's actually for people. Right. This way, when you you know you eat the cookie, you know you take a ride, and then <laughs> you know the the whole the whole weed leaf is the is the propellant you know of your of your rocket. That's very good. Um, so originally we were rocket edibles, and uh, our our legal team at the time um, they you know they did a whole tetanus research to figure out if, what kind of risk you had and there was a there was a rocket edible in in in, in florida in colorado it wasn't operational but they still had the um you know the, the trademark now so uh the lawyers suggested that we rebrand right away just so it would cost us a heck of a lot less at that point than it would further in the game and they could easily come after us and, and have a case so um at that point we we made a big list of names and it was actually my son who came up with cosmic and i just <laughs> loved it so I was hemming it on, and he said you should name it Cosmic, and it was just basically over at that point. Great name. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. And then when we developed the little tubes that we made, I, I wanted because since they're soft cookies, I think they have one back here. Yeah, I was gonna say we should see see one of the tubes that you're talking about. Yeah. So uh, that's the tube. And when we there, it's it's recycled packaging. And so when we made them, the the the, the craft is a is a recycled paper. Um, and what I did is um, I found the, the, the smallest cookie scoop I could possibly find and it took me, a, a, I, I probably went through 20 or 30 cookie scoops, you know, the little hand scoop things. Um, and then I made a ton of cookies on the smaller ones, I, the smallest ones I could find to try to keep the consistency. Um, and after doing that and, and measuring them and, and nailing the formulas long enough, I came up with an average size of what the, you know, what the cookie would be, mm -hmm. which is what turned out to be, you know, this size here. Oh, very custom made. So this way, when the cookie goes into them, the stack, there's not, there's no movement. Right. So when they're, when, when you throw them in your car or your bag, um, you still end up with, you know, intact cookies in the end. That's, so that's great. the reason we, we tubed them as opposed to bag them. Um, we have there's a bag that actually goes down inside too. So then, and then the bag inside is the childproof. Correct. Yeah. 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 You can have multiple packaging. You just one of them has to be compliant at some point. And then, in addition to the cosmic edibles, the rocket, there's also the character, the cosmic baker. Yeah, and that was an idea that uh, a friend of mine who used to be at um, in marketing. Um, at Red Bull suggested that to put a face to, to the brand and, and yeah this is my little cosmic picker yeah, kind of looks like me it looks a lot like you <laughs> that's weird <laughs> a friend of mine's an animator he's uh, he's um, in London his name's Jake um, he's fantastic so I asked him to do this when um, when this idea came out and then we can kind of play with it and he becomes kind of the you know the baker behind you know these cookies and um, and we're going to do some content with him so nice. experiments and tests and fun things and ice you know different things you can do with our cookies ice cream sandwiches things you can do with the tubes because these tubes can be used after um, you, oh, sure. you, you eat your cookies so I mean we're going to start doing some of that stuff that you know things around our brand um, and where are they available 
right now. That's California only. California only, yeah. And we're focusing mostly on the Southern California market right now. Okay. Just because we, we distribute all of our own cookies. We manage all the accounts. We do all the in-store promotions and everything all from this facility. So the further out we go, the more that was stretched. Um, so we just decided to really focus on this market here and it's massive in Los Angeles, you know, all the way down to Orange County, all the way up to Santa Barbara. You know, that's our market right now. Um, we've had a lot of interest in other markets that we will expand to eventually once we kind of get this one um, stable. And, and we have it, there's a, on our website, there's a map. And we, keep oh, right. a, we keep pretty much, um, uh, you know, on uh, current of what shops we're in. Plus, if you go to our social media, um, we put fresh drop um, indicators on there. So when we drop fresh cookies, we'll put up on the, um, on the social media where we're dropping fresh ones. And what's the social media handle? Uh, edibles um, underscore cosmic. Okay. But you can also search just cosmic edibles and we'll pop up. Mm -hmm. Which is a funny, s silly story too because we started as cosmic edibles. And then I, I realized that by searching edibles, so if somebody just was going to Instagram and put in the word edibles in, if I had it as cosmic edibles, we were further down. If I had it as edibles cosmic, we were higher. Oh. So I switched it. Yeah. So we were just initially edibles cosmic, but then, then Instagram, you know, deleted our, our Instagram account twice. So the first time they deleted it, we were Edibles Cosmic. The second time we de they deleted it, we were Edibles.Cosmic. And now we're sitting on the third one, which is Edibles underscore Cosmic. <laughs> and the reason I just kept adding that is because we, we already had it in, in print, you know? The, and all the old prints, if you still, if you still search them, we still come up, oh, even man. with the underscore. So you don't have to put the underscore. Um, but yeah, we're... we're Edibles underscore Cosmic, basically. Why do you think they uh, took down your Instagram account? I don't know. I mean, we, we have cookies. I never had any like actual flower up or anything like that, and we never pushed the the cannabis side of it. It was basically fresh baked cookies, and you know, my guess is, um, you know, maybe competitors. That's my guess. Yeah. You know, because we've had a few interactions with people just realizing how great our cookies are um you know moments that were you know quite fun because we i mean we spend a lot a lot of time on the quality um of the cookie it's very very important to us and there's cookies that people would eat that we that we put into waste just because they don't they don't meet the standards that that we set for ourselves and we keep it really high um, on purpose you know and what's so what's next anything on the horizon well we will expand to some other you know, products eventually, mm -hmm. um, but we, you know, we really want to make this, once we kind of, you know, not conquer, because that's a bad word, you know, um, once we kind of get out much, much bigger on this cookie and, and, and the, the, the base product, our cookie line is self-sufficient and, and, you know, running itself, then we can start adding, you know, layers of other products to it. Um, so, you know, we're going to have some new flavors. Um, obviously, this next holiday, we're probably going to have a holiday cookie. We've tried it before, but regulations make it a little more difficult to have special edition cookies. Um, but the holiday, the actual holiday season is long enough that, that you can you can necessitate doing a, a special cookie for that. So we're probably going to do that. Um, we're putting out our content, um, which we're going to do a lot of, of fun things with, um, cannabis content. Um, and then most likely, we're, if, if we get off onto some other tangents, you know, we'll just keep it you know, keep our brand, which is, you know, high quality premium, but, you know, premium edibles um, and products, just keep it intact, you know, make sure that we remove all the bad items out of them and, and redevelop them. Are you looking to move into, take it into any other states, compliant yeah. states? Yeah, for sure, we'll do that. 
I think that's a, um, a, a must on a big brand. We're, we, we don't, we're not thinking small, right? but we're starting small. Um, you know, because it is recreational, any because we have a lot of readers and listeners outside California, but anyone visiting California with a valid ID can find these yes, they can. in yep. Southern yep. California. Yeah, and we're definitely looking to expand. We've already started looking at some of the other states, um, just initially to see where licensing is much easier and, and also partnering with people that it could um, make them for us in those other states. And do you think there's any point where our current president is going to try these cookies? <laughs> I don't know, Donald. <laughs> you want some? Because <laughs> he's in California yeah. every now and then. He is. Oh yeah, he does. He owns a golf course here, so he comes. You know, I don't. I mean, he. I don't think he would try the cannabis ones. I can't imagine, but um, I could probably get some cannabis-free cookies in this. In That'd this. be cool. Yeah, I mean. I don't know how the heck you get cookies into the president. It has to go through a massive process, right? Don't they have to? Like, it's crazy. Well, yeah. they have their own, they bring their own chefs. They bring their own food. And I think a Secret Service guy would have to try, try one, one first, first to make sure. It's legal right? in D.C. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, he doesn't even know I'm doing this. So, like, the cannabis side. Well, hopefully, he will now. Maybe if, with any luck, yeah. he'll retweet this video. Maybe he will. And yeah. say something interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, ultimately, it's it's not far fetched to say, you know, the money that I made on the Apprentice, I'm using to to, to fund this. So that, you know, you could squeeze that even tighter and say, you know, Donald Trump is, you know, he was he owned the show. I mean, the Apprentice is half his show, so I worked for him. You know, technically, he was my boss, and and I produced that show for him, and and I got paid for that, <laughs> but from him. Right. And here I am using that money. I, maybe you'd be proud of me. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good business, you know. I think that's the quote that we had yeah. that we used to get his attention. If he funded your edibles business, then yeah, yeah it's not as far. It's not as far fast because I'm definitely using the money that I made on the apprentice to um, to do this. That's a good yeah. promise, though. Now self-funding at all. So I have no. I have oh, nice. No, I have that's no excellent. investors. Um, you know, there's some partners who. Um, have small percentages who did, you know, uh, sweat equity for me initially, mm -hmm. finance and stuff like that. And, um, I couldn't get my head around. So, are there any any final thoughts on the, the Apprentice, Donald Trump, Martha Stewart, Arnold Schwarzenegger, anything? Well, yeah, I don't know much about Arnold just because I wasn't um, physically producing that one. Um, but you know, I mean, um, I. I'm a, I'm a registered Democrat, so um, no matter what, I, you know, I, I tend to lean that direction. I, I don't think that, um, I, I always said to myself, Donald's uh, um, uh, Trump organization is, is a dictatorship. Like, he made all the rules and the decisions, period. It was what, you know, a lot of things came out of the organization and promotional things that probably shouldn't have happened because nobody was willing to say no to him. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, he made a water and, and on the label, it's, it was all red. And orange. And I, he asked me one day if I liked the, the you know, it's called Trump Ice. If I liked the, the label, and I, and I, I guess I was the only one to say no because I said it's red. It feels like it's hot water. I don't want to. It should be blue or something. So I feel like it's cold. He said, well, it's ice. And I said, I know, but it's red. <laughs> yeah. So and I think most people just said, yeah, that's great. You know. Um, so I. He, I, I, I knew by committee he'd have a hard time. It's, he doesn't operate like that. He operates in making a, a decision, period. You know, and you know, he, 
would he take consultation? Maybe, but he ultimately um, would do what he wanted to do, period. Um, so I, I knew it would be a struggle because, you know, that branch of government is only part of our government and he had to work with the other branches. Um, so I, I think that was, like, to me, that I, I thought would be the biggest struggle that, that he would have. And he's not the, he's not the type to operate in a, in a democratic government, you know? And, and I guess there's a lot of things that are happening that prove that point. Sure. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Any thoughts about what he said um, about cannabis having potentially some medical benefit? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I try to keep up with what he's saying on the, in the cannabis business because now it, you know, it affects me. Um, but um, I, I'm not sure he'll mess with it. Um, I, I think he's probably got a negative, um, uh, you know, train of thought about it, um, just based on being around him so much. I can't imagine um, he's completely behind it. Um, I, I think he understands that if somebody has a traumatic medical problem that, um, you know, you, you do anything you can for them. Um, and I think that's where he sees the benefit of cannabis, um, is for that specifically. But I think he truly still believes that people using a recreational is, is, you know, not good. And I can't imagine he would support any kind of that. He's, he, he, he doesn't even like alcohol. Right. So, um, adamant against it. When we'd have rap parties, I wouldn't drink anything until he left. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, because I just didn't want, I just knew he looked down on you if, if you were drinking in front of him, so I never did, ever. And he, but he would only stay an hour and then he'd bail and I knew I'd have time to, to you know, have more beers. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, he signed the hemp farm bill, mm -hmm. I mean the farm bill, which had a hemp clause yeah. in it, and yeah. that was beneficial to hemp cultivators. But yeah. also, he may not have read the whole thing. I think he gets a lot of pressure from other Republicans in this arena, is my guess. Um, you know, because he has some, I mean, honestly, I think he was, I think he was Democrat at some point, so I, I do think he has some, some, um, you know, heart in him. I just said that on the podcast, like, totally, like, I, I, I re-watched it and I, you know, basically talked him up, like, you know, because he, he, you know, I did witness him writing checks to, you know, um, troubled children organization and stuff like I, I physically witnessed that stuff um, so I mean he, he pulled over one time and helped somebody who had you know was stranded in their in their car and, and from, you know in his limo oh, wow. going to going to, um, going to New Jersey someone who stayed stranded on the turnpike or whatever it was out there um, and they pulled over and helped him so um, you know he, he has a, he has that in him but I think it's um, it's so you know he doesn't he doesn't let that part out you would think he would have some, at least, respect for the potential ability of making money, generating yes. revenue yeah. that, the, that the cannabis industry brings. And I think that's the only upshoe that we have, because <laughs> yeah. yes, you know, it's all about money for him. And, and when he sees an industry that has a B associated with it, like clearly, that it's not completely a negative, you know, train of thought. Because any business that's making billions is. Um, is on his radar, without a doubt. Yeah, if he wasn't president, my guess is he'd, he'd get involved. <laughs> That's my guess, because it's, it's a business that, you know. You, mean, you shared with us a story the other day about Martha Stewart making you a latte. Can you tell yeah. us that story oh, again? Yeah. Cappuccino. Yeah, we were, um, we were going, we, we have, we have, you know, we have, we had 
tasks basically every single um, episode. So we'd have a list of them, and, and I was sitting with her at her house, going over you know the episodes that we were going to shoot and getting her feedback and her opinions, and and then we'd go back and change them based on you know more insight to her world. Um, and at some, at some point, while we were having this discussion, she says to me, um, you know, Kevin, would you, would you want a cappuccino? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I love cappuccinos, I, I, I'll have one. And I was thinking to myself that she would call out, a, um, you know, helpers and workers and, and say, you know, give me two cappuccinos. And, and she literally stood up, and the cappuccino wasn't, machine wasn't far from where we were sitting. We were on her dining room table, and it was, you could see it. She gets up and, and tells me to continue and walks over to the cappuccino machine and, and, and starts making me a cappuccino. <laughs> and so, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to get a, ah, Martha Stewart cappuccino, like a, like, a real Martha Stewart cappuccino. So she brought it back to me and handed it to me, and I was just like in heaven, like thinking to myself, "Oh my God, I'm like this isn't a little Martha Stewart cappuccino mix that you buy at the store and put it hot water in it. This is a ah Martha Stewart cappuccino. Right. That was the best cappuccino ever. Was it great? You, yeah. I mean, I don't. Even, I do remember it being great. I don't remember anything more than that because of the moment that it was actually uh -huh. a Martha. I think it could have been crap, and I still would have been happy because it was a Martha Stewart, you know. And she, she taught me right afterwards, after this, because then she said, I'm having a, a, a lunch party. Um, some friends are coming over, so I gotta move over to the kitchen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna debone a chicken. Do you want, can I teach you how to debone a chicken? So she taught me how to debone the whole chicken. Oh, wow. Yeah, take a full chicken and debone the whole thing. Just in like, it's like, you, you, literally, you literally pull it off. It's, yeah, there's a trick to it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, I mean, I, it, <laughs> The cappuccino was probably top 10, 25 things I've ever like experienced. Like, really? Just, to get a Martha Stewart cappuccino. And have you deboned a chicken since? since? No, no, I have not. I, I, I still remember though. If you want to debone, you can debone. Yeah. <laughs> For all the vegan fans of the country. That's right. <laughs> I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> yeah. Well, vegan. thanks so much. This is a. Uh... We've been talking to Kevin Harris of Cosmic Edibles. If people want to learn more, see the store locator, see what yep. flavors are available, what's the what's your website? Uh, CosmicEdibles.com. CosmicEdibles.com. Yeah, and it has, you can you can also see the Instagram link on there, um, and it has all of our shops, all of our products, all the ingredients, um, everything's on there. Um, all the information you need. There's you can subscribe to our um, newsletter which we haven't done one yet, <laughs> right. but we're gonna, so it's just one of those awesome. things. But we've, we've picked up quite a few, um, you know, uh, what you know at the bottom where you can put your email, we've picked up quite a few, I'm surprised. Just, oh, that's great. Just out of the blue. So we're gonna start utilizing that and sending information that way. And then people can watch for more coming from the cartoon. Yep. The yeah, because there's a, there's a second Instagram, which is our, um, which is our Cosmic Baker. Um, it's the official Cosmic Baker. And, and there's where we'll have a lot of the fun um, elements, the experiments and things will go up on here. And then that we have a YouTube channel too that it'll it'll um, it'll transition to, which is the Cosmic Baker also. Oh, great! And so, yeah, are there any any events that you're definitely doing? People could maybe, if they're attending, they could seek you out at. Sure. Yeah, we do. I mean, we try to do about every three or four months. We do try to do one. Um, the next one is the Hall of Flowers we're doing on April first and second in Palm Springs. Awesome. So um, we already signed up for that one. Um, so we're looking forward to that. It's a, one of our biggest ones that I think we've done at this point. Um, you know, it's a two-day event, and so we'll be there. We'll have all of our information. Um, you'll be able to get our cookies. There's they, they've set up a dispensary that comes there with, for the consumption side of it. Oh, excellent! We'll have all of our. Um, we do have our our um, non-medicated, you know, cannabis-free. We call it cookies. Um, 
that all the dispensaries we're in will have cookie jars of these, so you can actually go in and try the cookie prior to um, oh, the prior to, to getting the the infused one. And they taste the same. Exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they're basically. Um, I mean, the distillate, you know, it's like it maybe does a one percent change to it, but you know, most people can't tell. And they're chocolate chip, double chocolate, snickerdoodle, and peanut butter. Yeah, so we have the double chocolate, which is that one, and then the snickerdoodle, which is red. We just chose fun colors, just to um, outside of the, the chocolate chip, which is brown, clearly, and the peanut butter, which is yellow, obviously peanut butter. Yeah. Um, the other ones are just kind of some you know bright colors we use, and, and we we've kind of got them laid out for the the flavors that we're looking at. Like we're looking at an oatmeal cookie and another sugar cookie. Um, and so we have some more colors that we can use for those um, you know, moving forward. The oatmeal cookie, might, it, it's probably going to be the next one that we put out. Um, Sweet. Yeah. And so most of our most of our cookies also use real, um, you know, we use super high-end ingredients. We get, them, we get some of the top flours and, and, and you know, we use, a, uh, we use a peanut butter flour and we use a, um, the, cocoa, the cocoa powder and the, and the double chocolate. And those are, it's a really high-end. It's more expensive by double of... of regular stuff you can get um, but once again we, we, we strive on, on that and if that if we have to remove that then then you know the whole basis for what we're doing kind of falls apart so we stay really true to our ingredients and all these cookies have the same basic ingredient so the, 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 the formulas start the same with the sugar and the butter it's the same every single time and then it, it we, we add the other things into it as we go very cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Of course. This is going to be a great issue. And this has been Edibles Magazine talking to Kevin Harris of Cosmic Edibles. Thank you. Yeah. Nice Thank to meet you. you. <laughs> you too. <laughs>